we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? Yeah, what you told us. I don't ever bring you guys around me like Let me tell you something. the only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. If you are listening to this, you have made it to part three, the final part of our Housewives History Special Edition Vanderpump Rules Season 2. What a mouthful. And if you haven't listened to part one or part two yet, please make sure you guys go back wherever you're listening, and find them. Part one, we lay a little bit of the groundwork. Part two, we dive deep into Rich People Annoy Me, one of the best episodes of the season and of Bravo, Vanderpump Rules in general. And to guide you through all those moments, I have here my co-host, Kevin O'Keefe. Hello. And this part is going to be very, very intense because this is what we've been leading up to this entire time, not only with our podcast, but also this season, the culmination of the truth that Kristen and Jax slept together. Now, this is a huge deal because at the time, Kristen is trying to crucify Sandoval for a supposed relationship, which we found out was really true, but with Ariana, the new bartender. Not a relationship, a makeout. It was a makeout. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but... And then you have Jax, who's been trying to woo Stassi at the whole front half of the season, but is still her ex-boyfriend, very close in the friend group, and Tom Sandoval's best friend. So if you just think about it, them sleeping together has catastrophic like consequences. consequences. So so getting back to our in-media-ray beginning of this podcast series, we started with the reveal that Katie told Stassi that Kristen and Jax had slept together. Yes. And despite her intimations to Kristen that she doesn't believe this, Stassi actually does because Kristen has acted too calm in the face of this accusation. Which Stassi is so good at reading people. Yes. Like I, she can really like snip. I always say like I'm good at sniffing a snake. She can sniff a snake from a mile away. You know the only person whose emotional intelligence I would compare to Stassi's and judgment? And you're going to think I'm wild for this. Raquel. Really? Raquel has no sense of what to do in her own life. But if you listen to the way she reads the other people's situations, she is always exactly right. She is spot on. It is wild to me. Honestly, you just comparing Stassi to Raquel is wild to me. And I just can't get past that. But the thing is, Stassi is better spoken. She's more intelligent. She's all these different things. But she also has that empathy and emotional intelligence. Yeah. Raquel doesn't have the other things, but she does have that empathy and emotional intelligence. The one thing they share is I think neither one of them really knows what to do with their own personal life. I mean, I think Stassi's found it a little bit better of a footing, and especially she with a strong rock like Bo in her life, I think, she's I on think the right Bo path. Bo is major, majorly helpful, but even the fact that she was yelling at Bo the way she was in season seven. Like, I mean, yeah, it's it's a fact that... She had to go to the witch in South... The fact that they describe South LA is like this whole other journey. They, like, they were in fucking Hawthorne. Like, they I were, mean, I live in Redondo Beach. That's like 
South Bay, South Bay. Like yeah. that is way south. Like yeah. these kids would not even know what to do with themselves in Redondo Beach. They were already mad enough about having to go to Marina Del Rey first. And Stassi can shut her big mouth because she lived in freaking Westchester because she went to LMU. So that bitch knows the West Side. Do you think it's weird that she never really talked about going to LMU on the show? Honestly, it pisses me off. I know and I did see her at Pride last year at Pop and I was like, I'm following you, LMU Lion, like drunk. And she was like, uh-huh. <laughs> And I was just like, uh, I don't think she identifies very strongly with LMU. Um, I do. We do. Eh, you do. I um, do. But yeah. So so Stassi has a couple different plans for trying to expose the truth here. First of all, at Bagatelle, uh, which was... What, like, <laughs> just, I was being chill. I was at Bagatelle. Yeah. They, they're like at brunch, but like they also described it as just day drink, like afternoon drinking. Like I mean... Bagatelle was a big deal. Like I said this on our uh, Patreon, but I wanted to have my birthday at Bagatelle so bad in really? Los Angeles and it closed right before my birthday. Oh shit. It's been closed for years. They still have them in Miami, New York and then internationally, but it essentially was like York a party location. brunch. It's yeah. like a party brunch. Yeah. It's a lot, but I feel like they were presenting it here as like this day long thing. I think I've spent two hours at Bagatelle. Like, I mean, I've spent like four hours at brunch before, but like, <laughs> well, at brunch anywhere? Yeah, I've spent the longest brunch I ever went to was the Sangria. Br- uh, this is going to be a short story. The Sangria brunch in New York at this place called Calle Ocho. I both recommend and don't recommend going if you're in New York because it's great. They have eight different types of sangria. It's unlimited, but. Uh- Almost every member of our group who was at that brunch got so drunk and then proceeded to go on a like bizarre journey. That like I always say, they should make a mini series out of what happened and just follow one character from this brunch after every episode because it was like my boyfriend at the time and I. Um, he threw up in a cab going across the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, one guy just wandered around the Upper West Side for like three hours. Um, one like passed out in Central Park. Like it was. It oh was my God. wild. Anyway, so that was the longest time I spent at brunch. But I, I can tell, I, uh, maybe the LA one was different and I would have felt differently about it. But I think I've only spent like two hours there. I mean, they clearly want to just party. And Stassi's plan is to get Jax drunk. And then I ask him, is this true? And Jax, to his credit, lies well. <laughs> I mean, Jax knows when to like tell the truth and when to lie and he knows in this moment to lie and he basically is like why would I ever have sex with Kristen that's like banging my sister which is so weird to him and Stassi's like you'd bang anything like she just doesn't believe it she's like you'd bang anything but I find it very weird that he's like oh Kristen's like my sister and he did have sex with her yep yeah, well, it's the same way that Kristen protests and is like, oh, that's so gross. Like, they they doth protest too much. Like, Yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they, uh, so so th- that plan does not work. In, in Stassi's favor. Like, Stassi is just hell-bent on getting him to admit it. Right. Whether it's true or not. It does not work. Stassi tries again by trying to sort of expunge herself finally from all of these feelings by going to Kristen and saying, listen we're going to do something that will make me finally realize that this cannot possibly be true. You're going to give me your phone and I'm going to text Jax as you and we'll see what he says. It does not work at the time because Jax's response is, is what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And Stassi seems relieved. But what we find out is that Stassi actually wasn't relieved because Stassi had guessed that Kristen would have tried preventatively to 
let Jackson know if I text you about this, you know, know that, know that it's not me and, and blah, blah, blah. And the fact that Kristen had prepped for that is absurd. I mean, it's not that crazy because I did something very similar. Okay, if you did it, that's not a that doesn't say it's not crazy. But the, how is that not saying it's not crazy? Like it's I'm normalizing. You it. did it. Okay, well, it was a different situation completely, but similar All situation. Right, tell, us, tell us. Well, okay, so you know my friend Chris. Uh, this was freshman freshman year, okay, yeah, all right, all right. and I was like dating this person, and Chris got nudes on Grinder from this kid, okay, and showed me and was like, "Hey, by the way," so I got on Chris's app and I was like, "Hey," like started chatting him because he had no idea it was Chris. He because Chris was like a headless torso. So I started chatting as Chris to this guy and got him to confess a bunch of things. And I was like, oh, by the way, do you know who I am? And he was like, who? And I sent him a photo of me and Chris. And I was like, I'm Eddie Estrada's like best friend. And then we caught him in the act. And then he's like, don't tell him anything. Don't tell him anything. And I pretended like I didn't know. And I waited for him to tell me. And then I was like, I knew all along I was on Chris's app. You know, this is sociopathic behavior. No, it's not. I mean, I was, my friend came to me with information. I caught the person to lie and I was able to like use it to my advantage. Okay. I saw Chris recently, by the way. What? I saw Chris recently, by oh, the way. Oh, you did? Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you where off off mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, so that's psychotic, but I appreciate you. Um, Thank you. It was but that's super- what I'm saying is like, I, I was not shocked Chris and made the preparations because I probably would have done the same. Not saying that I would sleep with my best friend's ex. Sure. But like, I would, I would make the preparations to make sure that I didn't get caught. Okay, fair. Um, anyway, uh... This, at the moment, placates Stasi, although you can tell it never really does. But she puts it on hold through Cabo. Um, basically, her birthday is more important than exposing Her birthday is more important than anything in the entire world to yeah. her. But when Kristen sleeps with Sandoval after promising that she was moving out and all of that, it's the final straw. And, Kristen, and Stasi decides, all right, I've got to reinvestigate this. So she talks to... There seems to be a bit of a time jump between... Cabo and when the show picks back up the episode after Cabo because a lot has happened in the meantime um Kristen go Kristen goes home to uh is it Michigan yeah she goes home all the way back to Michigan so I believe Detroit I believe that that happened pretty immediately but then I think they take a few episodes they f- take a few days off yes because when we see Stasi again she has managed to get Jax alone and get him to confess that yes indeed Kristen and Jack slept together. Not just once, but twice. But twice. Once. Okay. So here's <laughs> the thing. The, the story about. I, I have Drive. To, I have to, well, yes. Okay. So I have to take a second. The story about Kristen sleeping with Jack when Tom was in the other room is wild. The wildest story. The wildest part of the story is that Saucy, when telling the story, repeatedly emphasizes the detail that they were watching Drive. <laughs> I honestly, no film has received better organic promo in the world <laughs> than Stasi saying drive like five times. She says like, it over and over they again. They were sitting on the couch watching drive and Kristen <laughs> started going down on him. <laughs> well, which, okay. So we have to get into the actual conversation because it features my favorite part of the conversation about drive. So, um, so upon realizing this and upon realizing that Kristen has betrayed her, um, Stasi sets up a confrontation of sorts. She has a plan to take down Kristen. Yes. And so she gets 
everyone, everyone together from Sheena to Katie to Schwartz to Jax. She insists. Oh, oh, the oh, my God. oh, my God. Okay. So, 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 yes. We Sorry. can't skip. We can't skip that. Crashing Jack's birthday. Because it is an incredible scene. It is. If, if there were reality TV Emmys, it is what I would have submitted as Stassi's clip for this season because she, well, I mean, this, I would have submitted this entire episode, but the clip I would have aired during the show would have been this because she walks up, sits at the head of the table in the perfect camera angle. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. Um, Smart. Brilliant. Without missing a, like she literally just sits down like she's a queen there to like these men. Yes. Cause she is. And, and 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 Jack's like, what are you here? And she's like, well, you crashed my, both of my birthdays, so I thought it would be fun if I crashed your birthday. Like, is so assured the entire time. Like, all of the men are really... You can tell they legitimately had no idea she was coming. Oh, they no. They are off their fucking game. And she is... She is calm and composed. And, and like, she's perfect the entire time. Um, Peter, like, loses his... Like... He is shocked to see her there. Like he, you can see it in his face. Like he is not prepared for what's going to go down, and he's not prepared for what comes out of her mouth next. Right. Like the fact that she literally walks up and she says, "Hi, could I have some wine?" Like she <laughs> makes them give her some of their wine. Like it's incredible. And then she says, "I'm here to talk to you about something important." Pulls him over to the side, insists that uh, insists that he come to this confrontation of sorts. Like, does not make it a choice. But I also want to note that Schwartz is trying to, like, kill them talking about yes, this 100%. on camera yes. so hard. He's like, no, no, you can't talk about this. Like, you, like he knows. And Stassi shuts him down with a swiftness. Yeah, she's like, no, 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 we're talking about this. Yep. And it's, it's, I think that is very telling because the first person that comes out with this story is Katie. Right. Which makes me think that Jax had told Schwartz and Schwartz right. let it slip to Katie, which Katie... Let it slip while drunk and tequila. While drunk, yeah. and that's how we that's how we got it. Which makes Schwartz look really bad. Yep, I agree. Like really, really bad. I agree. Um, so they set up this confrontation, and Jack's fully prepared to tell the truth. He's like, "I'm 34 now. I I can't tell no lies." Yep. <laughs> Even though he's terrified, he admits he's terrified. He's terrified. Um, so everybody's sitting in this in this venue. So a friend of mine, Louis Peitzman, did a store did a profile on Stasi, and he was asking me where he wanted to take her, and they wound up going somewhere with the best ranch in Los Angeles because she loves ranch so much, and that she talks about that in her book. Yeah. But when he had asked me where she, I wanted them to go, my first suggestion was go to the place where she slapped Kristen because I thought that would have been. An incredible, like, from then to now yeah, thing. Like, you're sitting here in this place where you slapped your right. best friend. Right. So the slap comes because when Kristen and Sandoval show up, they're ambushed, basically. By everyone at this confrontation party. So we move from Jack's party to the party that Stassi's, like, set up as, like, a get-together with the cast. Right. And uh, so she's talking about... That they're, ostensibly, they're going to sort of, like, make up at this yeah, because Kristen's been apologizing for everything under the sun that happened in Cabo with the relationship, everything that she's put the girls through right. to try to like mend bridges. And Stassi is basically like, you need to apologize to me face to face. You need to let me know what's up in person. So what's interesting is what is supposed to be Kristen's apology. Kristen's like, well, what do you want me to say? And Stassi's, or I'm listening, she says. And Stassi's like, well, uh, I, I have a problem with this. I have a problem with this. I have a problem with this. And you bang Jax. And... 
She proceeds to tell the whole story while the cast is just sort of scattered around. She says, Sandoval, you might want to come over here and listen to this. Yeah. Tells the story, says, you hooked up while watching the movie drive. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed the movie. What you saw of it. <laughs> so good. What you saw of it. Like, so good. We all know what Netflix and chill is now, but Stassi was ahead of her game. I mean, this is truly drives other than like the popularization of Ryan Gosling. This is truly drives great comp- contribution to the culture. Is I've never seen Drive, so I have no idea what it's about, but I feel like I need to watch it now because maybe it would oh, help Drive's, me get it on. Drive's a good movie. Drive's a great movie. Is Halle Berry in it? No. You're thinking of The Call, probably. Um, or Kidnap. Who's in Drive? Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan. Also, Mad Men's Christina Hendricks for about two seconds. Okay, I definitely do not even know what this movie's about. Oh, it's but. great. It has also one of the best film soundtracks of the 20th first century it's that, really really good that's a soundtrack of Kristen and well, that's the thing. Love I do think about for, for those of you at home listening uh, I do think about like and a real hero real human bang hook like being the soundtrack to Kristen blowing Jax or Jax going down on Kristen whichever which one of them went down on the other one, and that's how this all started. Yeah. I think it was Kristen that went down on Jax, personally. Yep. I agree. But Saucy is so graphic in this. She's even, like, graphic to the point where she's like, uh, Jax, like, Kristen was being too loud because Tom was in the other room, so, like, Jax had well, to Well, we don't his, hear that yet. Oh, we, we don't we hear it yet. We don't hear that yet. So, we, we, at this point, she's just sort of going over the details of the story as she's heard it. Um, Kristen's, I did not bang fucking Jax, <laughs> denying it. And Stassi, you banged him, uh, is angry about this and says, you're a dirty fucking whore. And so Kristen once again tries to deny it. And Stassi, in a fit of rage, slaps the shit out of her. It is a great slap. You're disgusting. You are disgusting. Uh, No, it's a great fucking slap. I know you're a slap enthusiast. The slap, yes. The slap, was it on NBC? NBC, yes. Um, on on your ranking of slaps, how high up this is? Very high, very high. Is it? It's a great, great slap. Because she makes hard contact, and Kristen is not prepared for this at all. And you can see her, like, look back, like, angrily, like, with hair still, like, stuck on her cheek from, like, the sheer wind force of this whole thing. Yep. So Sandoval and Kristen leave pretty quickly after that. I'm filing a police report. This is what Kristen says on her way out. Yeah, she's like, you want to call the police? I want to see how that goes. Um... (laughs) Uh, Jax has affirmed the full story at this point to Sandoval's face. Sandoval's pissed because he feels like Jack should have come and talked to him about this, like on their own. Um, but yeah, so so cats out of the bag basically at this point. We get a really interesting. This is the second to last episode, actually. Yeah. This is called Slap, appropriately enough. Um, I lied as the finale, and I actually think the finale is really fascinating on a couple different levels. So going back to the relationship between Sandoval and Stasi. So we've gotten a couple scenes so far this season between the two of them. Uh, perhaps most infamously before this, the scene where Stasi comes over while Kristen is still out of town in Michigan. And at this point, Kristen has come clean about, or uh, Sandoval has come clean that he and Ariana did make out. Um, Stassi's kind of team Ariana in all of this. She feels like Ariana's behavior or Kristen's behavior has become unacceptable. Um, Kristen like harangued Ariana in one night in Sir uh, when Sandoval was there, and both Stassi, both Stassi and Katie were like, "Take it out on your boyfriend. It's not Ariana's fault." Uh, so she's become a big Ariana defender at this point. Um, 
it's funny because obviously time has gone by and their relationship has gone through many different stages. But at this point, Stassi and Ariana are pretty close. They are together when Sheena, Sheena gets, gets proposed to by by Shay at, at Lisa's old house. Um, I love that image of when Sheena's getting engaged and Lisa's like looking up over a balcony. From the balcony! And then Ariana and Stassi are like crouched on the grass, like on the mound below That's her. actually a really beautifully shot scene. It uses the scenery really, it's really well. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, at this point, Stassi's team Ariana and really anti- the Kristen Industrial Complex. But <laughs> the Kristen Industrial Complex includes Sandoval because yes. he's going really hard in the paint for Kristen at this point, probably out of he's guilt. He's a ride or die. Yeah. Um, so they've previously had this encounter where uh, <laughs> Sandoval admits that they did hook up at the Golden Nugget to which Stasi says, that's an all-time time low. <laughs> Love Golden Nugget. Um, but then in the finale, we get this scene. So Sandoval is really off his game in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. They, in the previous episode, um, he and Sandoval, he and Jax talk on the beach at one point, and Sandoval admits, or Jax admits everything. Sandoval's like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to trust. Goes through his phone, sees the messages, still doesn't believe. Then, but then he also asks, like, did you use protection? And Jax is like, once out of the two times. And then he goes, did you kiss her or did she kiss you? And Jack is so dark and he goes, there was no kissing. That's for sure. When they talk about that in the reunion, it's so dark to me. Like It's, it's so dark. And he's just sitting on the beach and you can just see Sandoval just like is so confused and heartbroken and just doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to like. I think he's just in disbelief that this could even be happening. I also think he low-key has Stockholm Syndrome. Like, I think he. <laughs> Kristen? Well, I think I think they trapped each other, and they're very unable to see the clear signs, and and, and like that's why he goes so hard in the paint for her because he loves her. But it's like, who are you standing up for here? I mean, he's not standing up for himself. That's for sure. No, he's standing up for her. Um, but yeah. Anyway, do you think it's worse that they did not kiss or not? Uh, yes. They talk about it in the reunion. Yes, because that's just like so. Okay, that's just like, opinions are split in the reunion. Okay, I think it's worse that they don't kiss because then it's like it's just so like there's nothing behind it. It's just like they're just both just like gross. At least if you guys kiss, like you know, there was like some kind of like passion, there was some kind of like romance there, but they're just like having sex to have sex, like they're just two like horny little like shit bags at the same time. The whole criticism that Sandoval lodges at Ariana is that she had, or at Kristen is that she had an emotional affair for three months. And if they, if Kristen and Jackson kissed, I feel like that would allude to an emotional affair. So it's like, isn't it better that they're just warm bodies at the end of the day? Like, I mean, for me, like, I think I would be like, I like would get it if someone cheated it because there was like an emotional relationship. Like, I think it makes it so much worse and so much more confusing to like, just like have them just like, have sex and be like, okay, so there's no emotion there. Like what's the, what's the problem? Like why, why is there an issue? Like at least with the making out and that like emotional connection, at least I can blame it on something. Like I understand yeah. there's like validation for it. This just feels like a random act of violence. But I think that's the thing is I think I would, I would rather a random act of violence than thinking that somebody, had, somebody I love had given their heart to somebody else. I, I just be able to justify, I think I would have more sleepless nights over, a ran- like a random act of like sex than like 
an emotional relationship. We've, like at least I can close it up and have closure and be like, you love someone else. Let's just move forward. We've exposed a lot of the differences between us. On I this know. Podcast. See me. I'm like, I can, I can learn to grow. I'm very thank you next in my mindset. I think, I think part of this though, is that the fact that I'm very much not a monogamous person in relationships. Like I don't see a, an ideal relationship for me as one that's just he and I. So like the idea of him like looking for somebody else who fulfills a different sexual need than I can doesn't offend me. Now, obviously in this case it was cheating. If somebody did that to me without telling me, I would be pissed because it would be a violation of, I would be like, well, Hey, we didn't have a deal, but I wouldn't feel it like, Oh, you betrayed me and, and gave your heart to another. It would be like, yeah, that's sort of a shitty thing to do. You should have communicated. It would be more an issue of communication than anything else oh, to me. See, I, I'm like, I feel like this is where I'm very stossy. Like, I feel like that's very Ariana where she's just kind of like, yeah. she's very like, you know, it's cool. Like do your thing, live your life. Like, you know, thing where I'm very saucy. We're like, I'm very like, you know, I am like, I'm traditional. I'm like progressive traditional, like in my mind. And like, that's so weird for me. Traditional? Is that like a real thing? Like, did um, I just make that up? Kind of. I think it's a little, uh, pseudo quasi to say, like, I don't think, I think, I think, Progressive traditional. <laughs> I, I think it's sort of like saying a, a fiscal conservative social liberal, like a little bit of that. But uh... but I don't know. I just, for me, it's like when you have an emotional bond with someone, you have an emotional bond with someone you're not. I don't know. It's for me, like, I guess like that's, that's where we're different. So I feel like the not kissing is worse for me because if they kissed, I'd have some women on. I'd be able to like let them go move on and I can go move on with someone else. But Kristen clearly wasn't in that place anyway because there was clearly an emotional re- interaction between Ariana and Sandoval. Yes. So like, yeah, anyway. Um, so uh, we really get an interesting scene. Sandoval's a, Sandoval's a wreck. We get a really interesting scene in the finale where they're doing this sir photo shoot, which is by far the most absurd and workplace inappropriate thing. It's also our first glimpse of James. It is our first glimpse of James. That's correct. James is just wandering around. We, we get a uh, placard. It's, uh, we get a, a lower third at some point. Says yeah. James. But at one point, he's just wandering around. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's James. Um, the part where... All right, we need to talk about the scene, and then we can talk about the other stuff at the yeah. shoot. But um, we get a scene where Stassi, who's looking incredible... She looks amazing. ...in this scene, by the way. Like, it's the best she's ever her looked Her hair on is flawless. Show. Her skin's glowing. Her hair is flawless. Her hair has... Like, it's... I. It's almost like a wig. It's so it, good. Uh, it, wig, I felt that already. Um, you know, Sandoval says, can we talk? And it's interesting because I've never really heard Sandoval initiate a conversation with Stassi otherwise. Like, it's it's very weird to see them. It's sort of like characters who have nothing to do with each other in the story. Having to interact. Right. Um, so they actually have a really good conversation where Stassi is at first frustrated and it's like, how can you not say this? It's very obvious. You're, you're like being, in major denial. You're being an idiot. And Sandoval's still like, I just don't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. Sandoval's also shown up 45 minutes late to the shoot, which is very unlike Sandoval in all these ways. Um, but near the end of their conversation, Stassi's like stood up and she's like almost ready to go. And she sees what pain Sandoval's in. And she says, you have a lot of people who care about you. You don't have to go through this alone or whatever. And it's really like, as opposed to Jax, who's an asshole to him the entire time says to Lisa that they weren't ever really friends, which is just like, 
That is like, and the, oh my gosh, the reunion is, it breaks my heart for Tom Sandoval. I mean, I don't feel that badly because Sandoval has forgiven Jax by the next season. Meanwhile, is making Kristen the social pariah of the group. But I do feel badly for Sandoval in that moment because here, here's somebody who he has no real emotional connection with in Stasi, who's offering him this love that like his best friend of 10 years is not offering. And like... That's that's the kind of scene. I I think I could like sort of make an argument for Stasi as human being by going through the show and like taking out scenes like that, like the scene in season three where she meets with Kristen even though they haven't talked in so long, and Kristen's like, "How do I get Jax to admit that Sandoval slept with Miami girl?" And she offers her a solution, but also says, "But I would like you to consider letting this go. I don't think it's good for you." Blah blah blah. Um, the scene in the in the part one of the reunion where she's really trying to sort of like while everybody else is yelling at Raquel, she's the one saying like, I think what we're having an issue with, like she clearly is a good emotional communicator when she's just not being narcissistic. You yeah. Know? I mean, when she's not involved with herself, like she can give good advice. Yeah. So that was a, re- that was a really good moment. And I think the problem is a lot of the rest of the season, sh- she's been so thinking about the drama from herself and herself alone. And that was the one moment where she sort of stepped outside of it and went, I can empathize with how you're feeling in this moment. Um, and this is what I want to tell you. So yeah, so um, this all leads to... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to talk about the the star shoot for one more second. Because at one point, four of the girls and Madrigal, Peter Madrigal, decide to... Get naked. Get naked. Completely together, naked. Which is horrifying to look at in like the me too era like it should have been horrifying to us five years ago but like watching it now i was like he's a manager yeah he and is he's like and he's like oh it was stassi's idea which it probably was but like they used to have a hook up i don't they used to date i don't care like he should have absolutely said no i'm your i'm your supervisor this is deeply if you guys want to do it as as peers that's fine but i should not do this like that was grody to do it is so gross and literally you like stassi moves away from him and you see his fully blurred out pain and then lvp calls it small which on the camera poor poor me poor, poor madry he's Pierre. still he's still recovering from that i should have asked him about that on uh i on when he, we had it when he, we interviewed him a, a couple months ago i should have said is it really as small as lisa said yep um, but yeah, uh, the rest of the shoot is just so awkward. Jackson Sandoval have to shoot together and it's just so, so painful. Like, like neither of them are talking or looking at each other. Jackson's like, I don't know what this guy's going to do to me right now. And Sandoval, you can just see how broken he is. He's like, I just don't know what to do, man. Like, this is my best friend, my girlfriend. Like, yep. What do you make of Lisa pushing Jackson in the pool? Cause it's, I think it's try it. Like Lisa probably actually did it in like a, I think this boy's being an idiot sense, but it's framed very much as like fun in the sun. And I was like, this dude sucks. Like he's just been a sociopathic asshole to his best friend for the last five minutes of this scene. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think Lisa, we see kind of these instances of Lisa very rarely, but they do pop up where she kind of gets like very primal. Very angry. I guess you know what I mean. Like she, you see the you see the anger in herself, and you see the anger. And in this case, I think you're right. It's framed as like, ah, oh, ha, 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 funny. Like we're pushing you in the pool, but she's like, she pushed them upset. twice. Yeah, that the only other person I've seen push twice on TV is recently is Margaret. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> on yeah, Jersey. Yeah, yeah. And you only push someone twice if you really want them in the pool. Yep. So honestly, the double push is a great indicator of how angry Lisa is. Yeah. I believe I would have to take another look at that location, but I believe that uh, hotel where they're doing that shoot. Oh, it's a standard West Hollywood. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. I, uh, trust me. I've blacked out at the pool like at least seven times. God bless you. That's, that should mean that you don't know what it looks I like. I hooked up in the bathroom, like on the side of the pool. Oh God. Bless. I we're, should really not say that on the pod. That's learning, really bad. We're learning a lot about Eddie well, during this podcast. Um, so yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that scene is a really good moment for Stasi. I almost feel like we wouldn't see another type of scene like that until like, I mentioned the scene where with Stassi and Katie and or Stassi and Kristen in season three, but I feel like as far as like pure emotional empathy is concerned on that trip to Solvang this past season in, in Vanderpump Rules season seven, um, she had two major moments like that. She had the moment with Kristen where she empathized with her over what she was going through with James. And, and then she also did it with Lala with the passing of her father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I especially admire that, scene with Lala because as somebody who's lost his dad like I understand the ways in which anybody who hasn't had that experience can talk to you till the cows come home and they don't really get it she just had a natural innate understanding of what Lala needed to hear in that moment and what not what and the fact that she needed to listen to Lala and all that and I was like that's really impressive because not a lot of people can do that. Like, yeah, unless you've had the experience, it's really hard to understand. And I don't think she fully understood on like, in a, on a social level, but she like got it on like a, Oh, I'm listening to you and I'm understanding what you need in this moment. Um, I feel like Saucy could be like, if she just didn't care about herself enough or that much, she would like be a really good, like therapist in a way. Like, I think she would. I think like, I also think because she's so hypercritical, of like everyone around her, including herself, she's able to like be attuned to things that other people don't really usually see. And I think that speaks to it on like a deeper level as well. Like it's emotional and it's like, she's got an eye. So I think, I think you're right, but I don't think Stassi will ever not want to be Stassi Schroeder. Correct. She's got the Eddie Estrada syndrome. When you have the double initials, like it's just meant to be. God almighty. I have a little bit of that because I have a I have the, Kevin O'Keefe. Like, yeah, it's always O'Keefe. is what separates me from being an Eddie Estrada. I, I still, no, I still consider you like an Eddie Estrada. Like the oh. double letters is like a big thing. Sadly, just, Armin, it's it's AM. It's not going to work yeah, for no. you. Or Camille, if she were here. CP, CP no. sorry. Yeah. RIP Camille, by the way. She's she's feeling ill yeah. right now. But we, I actually feel like as much as I've missed her during this, I also think this has been a really fascinating one for you and I to do alone. Because True. we have really different very different perspectives on the same situation. Yeah. So I feel like this has been a really interesting way to view this season because it does sort of come at it from two entirely different. It's like you said, it's the Ariana and the Stassi going through this together. And it's our fucking birthday. It's our Uh, fucking birthday. So anyway, both November. That's true. This is so weird, but you're Scorpio, right? I am Scorpio. And I'm sad. You're sad. Just over, over the line. Um, okay. So obviously all of this ends with the, uh, Sheena's engagement party. Sheena's engagement party, where we get the debut of, of Good as gold. gold. Oh my God! This performance. I think about Jax and Schwartz bobbing their heads in the exact same way at the exact same time a lot. It is really fucking cute. This this whole scene's really nice because everyone like I mean Sheena's honestly not the best performer. She can barely sing her own song. Yep. Which is a very big curse of anyone on reality TV who comes out with music. They really just can't sing. Remember that performance that uh Kim Zolciak did of Tardy for the Party on the season I think 2 reunion of Atlanta and she was just 
tuneless the entire it was it's time. it's like how tone deaf can these people be that like and honestly kudos to them for having the gut so to like get up and do this because yeah like go them but it's really sweet because everyone's like you know like as crazy funny as it is that sheena's like trying to be this pop star like the song actually kind of like bops like they're like all they really as a bop before we even were saying the word bop like yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I knew about popular like back in the day, but that was a oh, whole different man. thing. <laughs> but it does slap. The song slaps. Yeah. Um, but this this engagement party also has so much crazy stuff happen. Basically, towards the end, because we yes. get the confrontation Chris, finally. Kristen and Tom show up after the performance, and it's very weird because Lisa's like, "Oh, Tom will be Sandoval will be here," but I don't know if Kristen's gonna show up. I don't to everyone. She's like, "Oh, Sandoval will be here," but Kristen's probably not gonna come. Like right. almost like she's banking on Kristen not coming. And they show up arm in arm, despite everything. What we're about to hear. Um, so Saucy has talked to Lisa, and she realizes that she needs to apologize for slapping her. So Kristen starts their conversation. They they immediately go to converse, and it's the three of them. It's it's, it's so bizarre. It's Saucy, Kristen, and Sandoval sitting behind Kristen, and Kristen says, "I can't even look at you right now." And you think it's about the slap. You think it's about the slap, and and Saucy looks really ready to sort of like, "I'm really sorry." Like she she seems genuinely ready to apologize, and then Kristen just breaks into tears and says. I can't look at you because I lied to you. And everyone should, I like, I remember watching this again and just being like, <gasps> yep. I slept with Jax one time. She's still lying, by the way. It was twice, but she, still, she claims it was at least once. Yep. No, she says exactly she, uh, one time. And because she's only confessing to the one that wasn't to drive. She's confessing to the other time, not the time that Sandoval was in the room. The right. other time right. she would never do it with Sandoval in the room. Right. So, Stassi, of course, is floored that this confession is actually happening, but maybe more floored by the fact that in this, Sandoval is defending Kristen. Like she's like, Did you just hear what your just hear what your girlfriend said that she slept with your best friend? And Sandoval says, She told me right before we came over. Which even like even counting maybe a 30-minute Uber ride at this point, like <laughs> he is way too composed. Also, this is like the year Uber came out, so mm-hmm. I really love that you were like at least putting because I was like when Uber was like two bucks to go anywhere. True, yeah, they they definitely took a very cheap Uber ride. Um, the pickup line was not ready yet, so they did not take a <laughs> they did not take that. But. but I I mean I have to agree. Like I find it I th- I think Sandoval's just in shock, and so Possibly. he's he's just kind of reverting back to the only place he knows that he can have some secure stance in, and that's defending his girlfriend. Right, and. I mean, I think we're seeing this like bubbling and all of that, like because it does come to a head at the very end. But like, it's like I don't know. It's very weird to me to have someone like, but like I understand if you're in love, if you've had this relationship for five years, she's trying to be honest with you, and you're you mean you're in this hard place where it's like, do I forgive her? Do I not forgive her? Do I defend her? Do I not defend her? And it's like, at the end of the day, like, even if you want some maybe chance at a relationship, he's going to have to defend her. Or else she'll be like, you didn't defend me when like Stassi came at me. Right. 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 So, yeah. So, uh, Stassi's horrified by this. Kristen's a mess. Stassi goes back in and I love the scene where like she gradually tells more and more people Mm -hmm. and you see their shocked faces because she tells the first group right away like he just uh, she just confessed and everybody's like whoa 
And then Sheena and Ariana come over and she doesn't take the time to separately tell them. She's just going through the story and she says the detail and they both like Sheena's face drops and Ariana like, like for somebody who sort of probably knew the details, like jumps back a little bit. Like she, they're both legitimately floored. I think everyone was just like, I can't believe Kristen like admitted to it. And then Jax comes over and somebody's like, Kristen admitted to sleep, or Katie says, Kristen admitted to sleeping with you. And Jack's like, what? <laughs> Even he's like, she did? Yeah. She's been trying to keep this under the rug the whole time. Yep. Um, and then we get my favorite shot of the entire, because everybody's devastated at this point. We get my favorite shot of the entire season, which is at the end, before they pan to the, before they cut to the pan out from Sir, they show this one pink balloon just floating up into the rafters and it disappears behind the roof and then they cut away and I was like the power that that has the power of that pink balloon uh, and then we get the reunion which is we forgot the whole you forgot the whole biggest part of this when what? Sandoval attacks Jack oh shit that's right so with the most iconic line I think ever to be in housewives like uh, not housewives in Vanderpump rules ever where he's like so basically Tom comes to inf- confront Jax and he is kind of like standing away from him, but like definitely like ready to like say something. And he's like, Hey, uh, Hey Lisa, are we guests? Are we patrons? Oh. Are we workers? Like, which seems weird at the time. And she's like, Oh, come on, Sandoval. You're like, you don't have a tray in your hand. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Which, but he's actually more being like, am I an employee right now? Or am I just a patron yeah. of the restaurant? Because yeah. then he immediately turns to Jax and goes, I'm wondering you don't ever feel anything like this is nuts. Did you ever feel this? And just lunges at Jax, punches him in the, the face, fo- in the forehead, in the yeah. forehead. Yeah. Which starts bleeding. This whole thing is ridiculous. Cause then everyone's in a disaster. Cause Jax or Sandoval keeps going at Jax. Jax is coming back. They finally get Sandoval off Jax. Jax goes to wipe his head on a table, looks straight into the camera with blood coming down his yep. face. Smiles. Yeah. It is chilling. Sheena is a disaster over in the side. He's like, I finally got my tooth. <laughs> She's like, my teeth are done and they're just pushing me. I have the final checkup in two days. Like, do they not upset that they're ruining her engagement party, upset that they could potentially ruin her teeth. Who is Lisa holding at some point? Lisa's Lisa, who we thought had left at this point is back in like, holds i think stassi at some point like, yes and then Jax is like yeah well at least Kristen came twice like he's like trying to like one up sandoval at this point but the craziest part is that Kristen and tom still leave together yep they still leave together they are bonnie and clyde at this point in the season which is what makes the so so actually i i think that vanderpump rules has a reunion problem in general because it always it never feels like a genuine extension of what's happening but like going from Kristen and tom leaving together from that party to immediately cutting the reunion where they're broken up and sandoval is with ariana feels so jarring it's it's a lot to take in because I mean, in that reunion, you find out that Kristen is now dating James. You find Ariana's now with Tom. Tom and Kristen are completely broken up. People are still friends with Jax. People aren't friends with Kristen. Kristen wrote a letter to Katie, did not write a letter, wrote a letter to Saucy, but never sent it. Like, it's just every, the relationship is, of the entire group is completely different. Yep. It's jarring because Stassi no longer works at Stir. You find that out. Yep. It's like, 
it's very weird. It's a very weird like reunion setup. Well, so my uh, and I talked about this before. My big issue with reunion is that I don't think Andy Cohen takes these people seriously and treats them like kids. But the issue is this season was not worthy of that treatment. Like this this reunion should have been treated like a Beverly Hills season two reunion, a Atlanta season nine reunion, a uh, New York or New Jersey season one reunion. Like they. Sh- uh, uh, New York hasn't had a ton of seismic. Re- now that I think about it, New York reunions are not that great, actually. Yeah, I feel like Six was probably we we talked about Six in one mm-hmm. of our earliest Housewives histories. I feel like that was probably the best reunion because it had that weird detente between Andy and Ramona. Where yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like in that moment, for example, Andy would not move off the question until Ramona answered it, and we don't really get that out of Andy here. He's more willing to sort of like. Move past and hop. Take take the take the kids' answers. Like how many times does he say, "I want to switch gears for a minute" during this reunion? So many. It's probably seven or eight times across the two episodes, and it's like, why are you moving off of topics before they're fully discussed? Is it because there's only two parts? But like this, this season could have easily done. A three-part reunion. I think honestly. this could have easily been a three-part reunion. And I mean, like, yeah, Kristen's, like, flipping out, but let her flip out. Like, that's... We want to see them get to the crux of this, but he's, like, even dismissing her, and he's like, you don't have the floor, Kristen. You don't right, have the yeah, floor. like, if somebody's having a meltdown, let them have the meltdown. And I will say, this is also my issue with Dallas reunions, is Dallas reunions often feature Leanne Locken just sort of sitting there like... I'm so ashamed. I know what I did was wrong. Like, she's conciliatory, but she has. you can tell she hasn't really actually done any self-searching like no self-searching at all she just knows what she needs to say to sound to defend against criticism during the reunion Jax does the exact same thing Jax does a lot of i know i have so much to work on you know there's the whole criticism of the fact that he doesn't have any remorse and eventually he does sort of like fake out an apology at the end well he he also goes sleeping with kristen was the nail in the coffin i can't come back from that and i'm okay with that yeah he's just like what like okay so you're just done yeah, like that's the thing is is to me a reunion should see you at your most fight. You shouldn't come into a reunion defeated. Yeah. Even if you even if you genuinely believe you fucked up, ignore that, apologize and then come. and Kristen does a good job of this. Kristen really nicely goes people are like, "Oh, aren't you being oh, I hate the fucking aren't you being a hypocrite?" Of course, all these people are being hypocrites. Yes. Of course. Don't call her out on something that literally everybody else is doing and stymie her from making very valid criticisms of Sandoval and Ariana. I hate that moment where Sandoval is like, what you did when you were handling Kristen was so hot. It was like, you're clearly just trying. He was trying to, to piss her off. Right. But then to for, for the show to not give Kristen the space to call him out on that and instead present her as the like irrational crazy one. I actually wish Ariana who did by her facial expression seem kind of perturbed at being used as a A prop. prop. I wish they had, I wish Andy had gone, Ariana, how do you feel about, this situation i wish ariana been able to say listen i have a lot of problems with kristen but i also don't want to do this and i love that in the season three reunion where going back to that moment where stassi sits down with kristen says you should let this go when they're like does anybody have anything that they want to say to stassi ariana specifically goes you know in the wake of everybody piling on stassi this entire reunion she goes there was a moment where you sat down with Kristen and you told her to let it go. And I wanted you to know I really appreciated that. That was, you didn't have any consideration for me when you did that. I just thought it was very kind of you. And I wish we had gotten a moment like that in this reunion because I think it would have gone a long way to humanizing Ariana earlier. Yeah. Is if she, if you if they had asked her more questions. Because every time she gives an answer, this reunion, she's so patient. She is, rem- like, like, Kristen will sit there raving and ranting. And Ariana's like, 
I understand that. I understand that you feel this was a big deal. I get that. But the way you behaved was unacceptable. Like she's really good at hearing and responding. And I just wish that it hadn't only been directed at Kristen. This was yeah. before the show realized that it's women could be allies to one another and yeah. it used them only as opponents. As Yeah, that's so true because I mean, even when like you see it, everyone, every single woman on this show is against each other at some point within this season even yeah. like Stassi fights with everyone. Kristen fights with everyone. Katie fights with everyone. Like it's like n- no one can ever be friends for one second. Even Ariana and Sheena are pitted against each other because it's like, well, if you guys are really best friends, why didn't she tell you everything about Vegas? Right. right. And, and, and how can you not, uh, uh, you don't, you feel in the middle about Kristen and Ariana. And, and I thought like, that was really good of Sheena to be like, no, because Ariana doesn't care. And Kristen's like, well, yeah, you do. Like, yeah, I will say Kristen does not make a good case for herself in this reunion. I think she's a disaster the entire time. She's a mess. But I also think the show doesn't give her any room for a redemption at all. Right. Um, and I think it's weird that Ariana shows up, but Schwartz doesn't. You know, like, yeah. why didn't we have Schwartz out there being held accountable for the fact that he poured a drink? A, a drink, a beer in Cabo on Katie's head. Right. And that he has now done this twice in a row because he poured a beer on Saucy's head the previous season. Like, And he got into a fight with Shay at the beginning of the season right. at, at Sheena's birthday. Like, Schwartz also Schwartz knew about is- the, uh, the drama between Jackson and Kristen. Like, he was, like, a Schwartz big was culpable. Part. Schwartz was a major antagonist this season. He just wasn't edited as an antagonist. No. And that's the thing that the show always does. Because this this is sort of... We were talking earlier about how the show has gotten dumber and is not as trusting of its audience to sort of like... The, the problem is that the show now has financial vested interest in especially the Toms, but I would also say the older cast in general being likable. Yeah. Because Tom Tom is now a restaurant. Tom Tom is sold on the names of Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz. Isn't it cuter to see Tom Sandoval with Andy Cohen in a sidecar riding around as opposed to saying, Tom, the way you blow up at people every single reunion and get really volatile is unhealthy. Schwartz, you have been complicit in a lot of these men's terrible behavior for seasons now. He lies for Jax all the time. And we have never held you accountable for that. Instead of saying that, and the show has always done that because it's always thought they're the cutest part. They're the most fun part. Yeah. Lisa has always had a real affinity for them, which is why she wanted to go in this business with them in the first place because she likes them personally and she also sees the financial benefit. She also, she only compliments those two on the reunion. She goes, yep. she goes, Sandoval, you are a stand-up guy. You are a great man and you always stick up for those who like need help. And then they just mentioned Schwartz. She's like, oh, I love Schwartz. Schwartz is the best. Like, I, I love him. Right. She's the only, they're the only two she compliments the entire reunion right i do want to talk about ariana flashing back for a second the moment we get the moments we get early on with ariana this season she has this moment where she's like boasting about being better than Kristen. she says i've never been around Kristen where i've seen her to be sane for more than like five minutes sorry bitch i'm smarter than you i'm i'm cooler than you i'm prettier than you get the fuck over it and move on with your life she also diagnoses uh Christmas bipolar disorder and borderline personality. Well, she does that during the reunion, which I think that actually has a little bit more weight to it. I do think Kristen's behavior is a little bit more befitting borderline. I don't think it's up to Ariana to diagnose her, but she lies in the reunion and says, I never diagnosed you with bipolar disorder. She specifically says, and they do a callback. They actually do a flashback, but they don't call her out on that in the moment. It's so bizarre to see a reunion again. It's only two parts and it probably could be three where nobody holds anybody accountable for the things they said. Even with Jax, it's sort of like there's so much 
there's so much of just being like Jack's being Jack's, you know, like, yeah, like they're like, well, why don't you feel any remorse? And instead of being like, here's why you should feel remorse. It's just sort of them asking over and over again. Why don't you feel any remorse? Why don't you? There's no, pro- there, it's the, not yeah. a productive reunion. It's so frustrating to it's watch. It's all just circles the whole time. And this is how I, again, going back to Dallas, this is how I feel about Dallas is Dallas has these fiery, amazing seasons. He gets his dick sucked at the roundup. And then it's just, I, I feel badly that I said that. Like you could actually see the frustration in Carrie's Carrie Duber's face. Did you hear that? Carrie, She's not full time. I know. I heard. You you remember the frustration in Carrie Duber's face that it's like you said this, and this is the this is a, a reunion is a trial. Yeah. At the end of the day, basically, and if you're not going to have a judge who will hold people accountable, which Andy is a lot of the time, why he just doesn't respect these couple of shows is so bizarre to me. Yeah. Hold every show to the same account because Vanderpump Rules deserves amazing reunions. And I'm I'm probably madder about this reunion having watched it on the heel or in the middle of this reunion we're going through right now, which is a shitty re- like I don't yeah. care how much they yell at each other. This is a shitty reunion. Like, do a better job because the Vanderpump Rules I believe is one of the top three shows on Bravo consistently, probably with New York and Atlanta. Uh, well. These days, probably more Potomac than Atlanta. Yeah. Um, it deserves good reunions, and it's bizarre that we're in season seven, and there has never been a good reunion. And I mean, this really had the potential. Like, if he, if Andy would have just changed gears in the right way, not change just like, gears, changing if, gears. Let's change gears. Let's change gears. Do you want to change gears for a second? Ugh. No, but if he would have really, like, like you said, taken this reunion seriously, because first of all, like you said, in this moment some of them are 30 years old at this point. Like they're not just all 20 something. These are adults. Right. Like Kristen is, and Jax are the two oldest of the group and they're not being held accountable at all. Or Kristen's only being held accountable in the abstract and they're not actually letting her answer questions. Exactly. A trial is a cross-examination. Yeah. She needs a chance to like speak her, speak her piece. Yep. Yeah, it's just a really frustrating reunion to watch, and unfortunately, it ends what I do believe is one of the masterpiece seasons on Bravo with on kind of a low note. And I almost, I almost recommended people when they watch this season. I'm sort of like, you don't have to watch the reunion. The reunion is almost like a weird coda in a way that they often yeah. are, not, are. Like it's actually probably more what a reunion was originally supposed to be. Like, which is the idea of the cast going back together after things have changed and hashing out the drama of the season. Um, a Bravo reunion is not really that. A Bravo no. reunion is, okay, we can talk about production now. We can talk about things as a whole. This is where we're going to hash shit out. Yeah. Um, in a real way. Um, and I wish, I, 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 I think I think Vanderpump Rules needs to get there. And I think I think this reunion more is a setup for next season, more so than it is uh, uh, like a culmination of the, the season two. Right, because we get news that Kristen is dating James. James. Obviously, Sandoval announces that he's dating Ariana. Stassi and Patrick, which becomes a, like a three-season storyline, four-season yep, storyline. Four Stassi has left. Yeah, sir, yep. which starts to set up a whole chain of events for Stassi, where she ends up leaving the show for a good portion of time. Well, like half a season. But, but like still, like she's the I think she's the only one to like leave and come back. She is the only one of the original core six who has not been a main cast member for every single season. Yes. Um, but she was still, here's the thing. What's funny about season four is she wasn't a main cast member of it. And she was still probably the best part of that season. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, Stassi, the Vanderpump rules is Stassi rules. I think a lot. Okay. So, so I'm friendly with Ariana on Twitter. She's the only, I believe Vanderpump rules person I'm friendly with on Twitter. Um, she, and I have been friendly for 
several years now, actually. It was before I moved back to LA. And I remember during that season, I tweeted about Stassi coming back. Because you remember that trailer? They have the shot of Stassi walking down the hall. And it's like, Stassi's back. And then you see the, her confronting, or uh, Schwartz confronting her over drinks. It's like, you're such a bitch. And then you get the, you hate me, Lisa. You're not important enough, enough to, to hate. hate. Sit oh, down. Um, but I had tweeted that part of the video and it's that shot of her walking down the hall with the wine. And Ariana just responds to it. It says, twist off cap on the wine. And you look at it and it's a twist off cap wine. And I think about that so often. That is like so funny. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's like the, it's like the smallest little read, but it's a read. It was so perfect. It was so perfect. Anyway, yeah, so so uh, Stassi will obviously have sort of an exaggerated arc on the show. Um, it's funny because now she's just sort of the elder stateswoman. I remember when I when I realized that she had sort of fully acclimated to being back on the show was the New York New Orleans trip in season five, where uh, the guys are the guys are having the big fight and drag and all of that, um, and you and like the camera just pans down the the hallway at one point, and Stassi's like leaning out of the doorway of her room and her little card comes it's like Stassi and it's just her going like, like the devilish smile on her face watching it in glasses and yeah like, like a night, like a night, and a night shirt. shirt yeah and I was like oh she's back she's she's back and now she's obviously one of the most mature parts of the cast and everything but this was definitely her hardest season on an emotional level and yeah. and that's what she says in the reunion she's like I can't deal with this anymore these people are toxic which like I completely understand and like this will kind of, I mean, I guess, like, I went through a very similar situation that Stassi went through with a very close friend being, you know, like, an ultimate betrayal. And, like, it was part of the reason why I left the old company that I was at was because it's hard to be in a professional environment with people who were your best friends that wrong you in such, like, a deep emotional way. So right. when I was watching her, like, cry, and, like, Lisa's like, well, you never called. Like, you didn't, like, do anything. And I'm like, I totally understand that because it must have been so hard to even, like, fathom that Lisa would let this go on and right. like let this like cesspool just grow and grow and grow. And that Lisa was willingly, even though, cause Lisa probably knew everything was putting Stassi in these situations. Like I would be upset too. I wouldn't want to be like, I'd like give away my shifts and just sneak out. But right. like, I just, I totally get where she's coming from. And I, I think this is the realest we ever like see her in like, the sense of wanting to break from the group because after this, they're basically like in it for the long run. Like they're going to start apologizing for each other. They're going to start like lying for each other, keeping the secrets under the rug because it's after this that the cash cow really starts to kick in. Right. So, I mean, Stassi was right here in a moment where she could have walked away from it all and probably had like a way more like sane, emotionally fulfilling life, but she decides to stick around after this. Right. Which I think it, it, I'm not against her for it, but like, I feel like she kind of saw the light in that moment and she didn't, she didn't walk toward it. Right. And I think, I think her friendship with Ariana has been really helpful in this regard because Ariana has always been doubtful of the fact that the show can be anything but a toxic environment. Yeah. And it seems like starting with season six and, and through this season, the older crew has found a way to sort of like the women have been better with each other. They it, like Ariana has clearly found a way to both be involved in the drama of the show, but not have it eat at her in the way. I think Stassi becoming friends with her has helped find that because she really was, I mean like nobody had a better season seven than Stassi. Yeah. 
Stassi had an incredible fucking season. She looked mature. She looked empathetic. She's been the star of this reunion in terms of like being able to sort of like hear everybody out. She's not getting accused of yell- just yelling at James or whatever. Like she was sitting there trying to have a really empathetic conversation with Raquel. Um, she, uh, I, I always feel bad for her in the seating arrangement because the fact that her boyfriend is not full time means that she always winds up next to somebody she hates. Yeah, so like she was literally like, right next. To she James. was next to James this season. And you can just see she's like, but when she gets to say next to Ariana, who she has had had such a good friendship arc with this season. Um, we're just talking about season seven now, and this is not a season seven podcast. But I, I do think season seven is really interesting to consider while we're rewatching this season because if you told me all of these people would actually be close now and like genuinely close, not push shit under the rug close, yeah. but like, like we've worked, best friends, lifelong we've friends. worked out our shit and we actually grew together. That is pretty impressive. The fact that Kristen, Stassi, Jackson, Sandoval even speak to each other at this point is, is incredible because at the end of this, I would have been, I would have been like by everyone. I would have totally pulled a Stassi and been like, this shit is too rough for me to go through ever again. I yep. hate all these people. I can't trust a single person here. Yep. I legitimately thought after the season that she was not going to return for season three. Um, and the fact that she did felt like a mistake at the time, but anyway, um, we don't, we usually end these things with games. We don't really have games and we've also sort of like gone on at length, but I would like to know, um, in terms of this season, season two, who do you think won and lost? Like who would you say is the absolute winner? Who would you say is the absolute loser? Um, for absolute winner, I think it does come across as Stassi because I think she has the most fulfilled arc this season. Mm, okay, all right. Because I mean, yeah, she she is like kind of like getting into the drama. She's very rude to Jack's at the beginning, but like at the end, like that moment you say with Sandoval, like she kind of brings everything to a head to kind of be like expose everyone for their dark, dirty secrets. And then after the end, she's like, you know what? Like it was so hard for me, but I do really feel like she comes out on top because she's the only one, like I didn't come out hating this season. Like even Ariana, like I feel like there's still some kind of ickiness about her because of the whole line. Cause Lisa's even mad at her for that. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and then I mean, loser of the season. Can I say that? Yeah. It's a hundred percent. I mean, it's a tie between Kristen and Jax because it's like, both of them are so disgusting to me. And I think more so Kristen because I mean, at least Jack's at the end, like really was like fast up to it and was like, you know what? I'm a shitty person. I did it. Like, even though he's just like a sociopath and like he was going to do that anyways, I think find it so disgusting that even in the confessionals, like Kristen is so adamant. She swears on her family. Like it's, she looks really, really, really bad watching it now with what we know. So, I agree that Kristen is the loser of the season. I don't know if I would call Jax the loser of the season just because at the beginning of season three, he's fine. Yeah. And I, and, and we were talking a little bit off mic about what, what the best and worst seasons of Vanderpump Rules are. And I'm very much a proponent that the even number seasons are by far better than the odd number seasons. And, and three is probably the one of the odd number seasons that I would consider the best. But I do think it's sort of the worst as far as like progress is concerned because... I, I, here's the thing. At the end of the day, I want the women of Vanderpump Rules to succeed and I want the men to fail. Like, that is my driving and honestly, emotion. And that's the, that's the new, like, that's the new premise of the show anyways. Right, yes. The, the show finally caught up to what I needed it to be in season six and that's why I love that season so much. I was like, okay, you get it. The women can be friends. Great. I love this. Take the um, men down. Yes. But, I mean, Lala literally just organizing all the women in a protest is incredible. Um, but season three is really tough for me because it's like, Jax has no consequences for his actions. Everybody hates Stassi. Everybody hates Kristen. I'm like, I don't think this is fun. 
<laughs> You're like, I don't participate in this. I don't right. want this. Right. Season three is by far the most like for the boys season. Yeah. It is a very for the boys season. Right. And season two is a little bit more complex in that regard. So I think I think because of where she where he winds up in season three, I have to give Jax the edge and make Kristen the loser of the season. If I ended with the winner of the season, I hear what you're saying on Ariana, because that was actually originally going to be my choice, but I do think she is tainted a little bit, and, and Lisa does probably go as hard as as she does on anybody in that reunion. Yeah. Um, that's not a big, it's not saying that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a light tap on the wrist. Yeah. Um, part of me wants to say Schwartz because he gets away with murder this season. Um, I am going to go with Sheena because she gets a glowing edit in the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. All of the other girls look unreasonable as they're arguing with her because Lisa's on her side. She gets engaged in one of the most beautifully shot scenes of the series what are you doing here is the photo shoot still happening that was so fake but it looked beautiful um and good as gold gets presented in a really nice light that engagement party so yeah i think i think against all odds coming for her gray tooth i would say sheena is the winner of season Season two two sheena season i i can definitely see she never gets better I mean, I have a soft spot for Sheena now. I get, I get Sheena. Like, I get her. I think Sheena is more interesting as a as a weird side character than she ever was as a serious. As a main, yes. understand, yeah. understandable, totally. She's an offshoot. She's, but she's, I love her. She's good as gold to me. I'm gonna. And you're good as gold to me too. Oh, thanks, Kevin. You're good as gold to me. I have one more game for you. Okay. So this is something we do on our reality rewind, which is our Patreon, and currently we're doing Vanderpump Rules season two. We're doing it episode by episode. So instead of a large Housewives history like this, we're breaking it down like we would do on a weekly basis. And we give the Laura Lee Award. What the Laura Lee Award is, is it is the character with very little screen time but had a very significant impact, like Laura Lee had on VPR series as a whole. Because, I mean, it all comes back to Mm. Laura Lee. So who would you think is the Laura Lee? And I already have mine in my head. And I think it's kind of obvious. Okay, don't tell me because I wanna I wanna think about it. Um, so it, it, the 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 thing is the the award is about story impact, right? It's about story impact with very little screen time. Not like the totally no screen time, but little enough to where they're not like a main cast. Member. Okay, because the thing is, my answer would be Christina, but she's not really a story impactor. But I just love her so much. I like I miss her being as major a part of the show as she was. Um, but that's not my answer. Um, little screen time, biggest story impact. I guess I would go James just because he is a main character by the reunion. Like they talk about him a lot at the reunion actually. And he's in five seconds of screen time during the season. Yeah. So that I guess that, true. I guess that would be my answer, but that even feels like a cheat because it's reunion time. It's not actually se- season narrative, but anyway, continue. Well, I was going to say mine is actually Schwartz, And I think, and I think that counts, but he has a lot of time. He gets his own confessionals. But like not as much um, then then it's going to be Peter Madrigal because he honestly is the rock for a lot of situations to happen. Without Peter, the Kristen situation wouldn't have happened at the the. I was going to say like based solely on 
the uh, most important rich, episode. Rich people annoy me. I could I could hear this argument. So I mean, I always get in trouble for my Laura Lee Ward because I'm like, oh, it's Latoya Jackson. You know, like I'm just like really pulling. You know from who like, really did? <laughs> Brandy had the biggest impact. Brandy on this. Glanville so had the yeah, biggest, yeah, biggest impact. Yeah. But okay, no, but yeah. So I guess it's Peter Madrigal because I mean, you know, I have a shop, soft spot for Peter, but. I have a soft spot yeah, for everyone. I, just, I think Schwartz has way too much screen time this season to, yeah, to that, justify that. That makes sense. When you brought up the confessional, I mean, even Peter had a confessional, but like not consistent enough. Right. And Peter only has major story impact on like two episodes this season. Yeah. He's not on the Cabo trip or anything. Or is, he is he on is the on Cabo the, trip. God, poor guy. I always forget. He also comes to like Arrowhead late. He's just like, he's just like, oh, there's Peter. It is one of the weirdest things in retrospect that like Stassi and Peter used to hook up. And no, we they just, dated. They full they on did, dated. They did. They did. And we just don't talk about that anymore. I mean, Jackson brings it up. He's like, when they're in Cabo and Jackson, Peter are off flirting with the girls at Elsewood Row. Oh my God, I have so many memories. Or at Pink Kitty. I've gotten blacked out at Pink Kitty like so many times. But when they're like off doing their thing, Jackson's like, why aren't you yelling at Peter? You dated him too. And she's like, well, you were just more fresh. Like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> all but right i, I think like we did it plumbed this season i before we even started i was like i only want to spend like five minutes on this reunion and then we did like 30 minutes on this reunion. i know but even before this i was like we're only gonna be here for like maybe two hours like there's, there's not that much to cover we've we, been here for three <laughs> it is, i mean the thing is it is a really dense season at the yeah, end of the day so like much. like it's for only 14 episodes sans reunion because more people should not watch the reunion like that's like 13 episodes is like the the size of like a killing eve season or something like that you know like yeah. like a modern cable drama 14 episodes it's packed it's not like uh when we did atlanta season nine which was like 25 episodes and i was able to like shoot myself but it's also really dense like yeah. that was that was almost like i almost feel like that was like a uh uh like a supersized no, it's almost like a like a, a great book series, you know, like it's an epic like, tale. It's, it's like, like the Odyssey. It really, it really is probably the most epic in in the most traditional sense season of Housewives. This is more like a no, a novella or like a single novel, but oh man, every chapter like is really. It's really like bad. Hunger Games. If <laughs> sure. if if Atlanta is the Odyssey, then this season is the Hunger Games. Yeah, it's a little bit more um, low calorie, but it really you know people love it. Packs it packs a punch. Yeah, it packs a punch. Yeah. Oh, I love the Hunger Games. Which means we need a full film adaptation of this. Honestly, season. I'm just waiting to like we're in our like 60s if we survive because of the you know global warming. But if we do, I'm excited to see the Vanderpump Rules movie come to fruition. Maybe I'll produce it. We could be EPs together. I love that. Let's do it. I love it. Um, we ha- enjoy doing these Housewives history so much. Kevin, thank you so much for coming. Thank we you. will be doing a new one very soon yes so to wrap up beverly hills season nine as it's currently airing we're flashing back to the earliest days of one of the most uh in the mix housewives this season lisa renna um, and we're doing season five of beverly hills we are so excited to do this so we're trying to get all the episodes in i'm trying to start watching and like i, really I was gonna say i really need to start binging uh camille will be back with us for next it. time yes, yes. But we, Kevin, it's always such a pleasure to have you. This was so to, fun. Thank you for like, having me. Like, you are Housewives history, so, like, I really couldn't do this without you because you are, like, the real historian. I, I'm well, just, like, the, I'm the Sheena. Well, I, I, as I said, I feel like this. And Camille. And Camille, too. I feel like this, this, this one was really good for us to do together because I really do think it was, like, we couldn't have had two more different yeah. approaches to some of it. So. But, it, but I think we kind of, like, still have a similar, like, 
viewpoint, but like we just see it from different sides, which totally. I, f- I found super interesting. So. Which I think is sort of the theme of early Vanderpump Rules as a whole, as we were talking about it. It's, it's about the way your perspectives differ on, on a particular event. That was us. It was us in this podcast. It was us here right now. Well, wherever you guys are listening, make sure you guys subscribe so that you guys do not miss our future Housewives histories or any of our recaps or fun stuff that we do on Haunt and Bravo because there is so much. And make sure you guys are following us on social by searching Hot and Bravo, H-O-T and B-R-A-V-O-D. Kevin, let everyone know how they can find you. You can find me at Kevin P. O'Keefe on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow him on both. His Twitter is hilarious and he always goes to Palm Springs. So he has great pics on his Insta too. <laughs> if you want to follow me, you can search at Eddie underscore, underscore Estrada on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.